Welcome to Booked, the final episode of the Lazy Whoa, that Summer Podcasting. Scary. Uh, I gotta listen. I gotta tell you the way things have been going. I, I'm not gonna say what I did on our other podcast. Yeah, I don't know if we're renewed. We'll be back next week with a book. Uh, yeah, but until then, uh, we're gonna. Fight. We're here to talk about nothing. Yeah, we're gonna fight technological a podcast issues about nothing. Yeah, I uh, Rob, I didn't even give you a chance to say who you are. I'm I'm Livia Snedden. I'm Rob Olson. Ladies and gentlemen, podcasting wrapping up. Yep. Pretty excited about that. Uh, no, you're not. You fucking loved it. You loved every minute of it. For every bit I hated, you absolutely adored it. <laughs> um, I, um, quite frankly, think that we had some really great episodes. Um, that being said, I think that was by sheer luck. So uh, in order mm-hmm. to not challenge our luck any further, we're going to go back to a format that um, we know or at least uh, think works. Yeah, reviews, interviews, things like that. I think probably heavy on reviews for the, at least the start of it, right? Got a little bit of catching up to do. Um, but yeah. first, the first thing I want to talk about, we talk about this podcast a lot. Um, and in listening to some back episodes over the last few weeks, I realized I want to talk about um, somebody else's podcast. Do you, do you know what I might be talking about? No. Uh, Michael Paul Gonzalez, long time uh, coming. Larkspur Underground is now um, available. Episode one is up uh, for your listening pleasure. Um, pretty much anywhere. I'm guessing you didn't listen since you weren't kind of in tune to what I was. No, I didn't listen yet. I know it's out though. Okay. So here is. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I don't know how much of this I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna wing some of this because it's really long. I want to give you guys kind of a synopsis. So unlike booked or the view. This is a, um, a serialized fiction podcast um, done in the style of um, some other podcasts that have come out, kind of like that investigative journalism style. Um, but I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit of a rundown. Actually, I'm not going to read the six goddamn paragraphs from the website. Uh, basically, in 2014, the Colorado Sheriff's Department um, investigated a call and found a bunch of people dead in a basement. There was one lady that was still alive, and she became known as Jane's Doe, the Larkspur lady. Uh, she's the only survivor of a two-year spree of murder and carnage by a man known only as the scientist. So she's kind of really out of it, but she's kind of trying to work with the authorities. It looks like that's the way you're headed. So we're going to hear her backstory. We're going to hear what happened to her while she's there, and we're going to search for the scientist together on a bi-weekly podcast um, called Larkspur Underground. I listened to the first episode, and I am intrigued to see where this goes. Hey, does it uh, state exactly how long um, this story is going to last, or is it kind of unsure? I do not have uh, that information. Hmm. Cool. I'm, I'm not sure. I have to imagine probably 10, 12 episodes. If yeah, I'm, that's if what I was thinking. Guessing, yeah. um, with a yeah. potential, I'm sure, for a second season. If, uh, if all goes well. So uh, we wish uh, Michael best of luck. Uh, you can go back and hear him talk a little bit about it um, at our StokerCon panel that we uploaded a few months ago from when we were out in California. Um, we, we talked about getting Michael on, but man, Lazy Summer Podcasting. I mean, we, didn't, we didn't even want to talk to one another, let alone anybody else. So uh, that didn't happen. But who knows? Maybe in the near future we'll have Michael on to talk a little bit about his, uh, his new project. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe because uh, like the last time we talked about him, it was all like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But now that it's out, we can talk about like, hey, where's it at? How you feel about it? What's the reaction and stuff like that? Yeah, it has happened is uh, is where we're at now. Yeah, so we'll give him a little bit of time to get caught up. 
I'm not sure what his schedule is like. Like if he finished episode one and uploaded it, and now he's scrambling to get episode two going, like like we do. Um, or maybe he's got them all in the bag for all we know. Maybe that's the maybe the delay was him getting all of the episodes done, which would put him way ahead of us in in the preparedness category. Yeah, yeah, that would that would put him way ahead. Um, like thinking ahead at all, like anybody who puts a a thought into something ahead of us. Yes, exactly. So um, <laughs> you definitely want to check that out again. It's Larkspur, L-A-R-K-S-P-U-R, and then the word underground. And uh, I listen to it on Stitcher. I know it's on iTunes, and I'm going to assume it's available pretty much wherever you find podcasts. So I don't know exactly what made me think of this, but talking about talk, this conversation made me think of, for some reason, the other day I was at work, and someone was talking about um, reading a review uh, on Amazon for something. Just something mundane, but it was like the review was really funny. And um, it reminded me of how sometimes we go and read reviews, and our first instinct is to look at the other reviews that the funny review person had posted. And so when um, uh, <laughs> when when this person at work was telling me the story about like reading these Amazon reviews, my first thought was like, oh, I wonder what the other kind of posts this person has made. Like, what what other items have they reviewed? And it was a, it was a joke that like only you and possibly the listeners would ever like appreciate. Um, and I don't know what reminded me of that, but I just, I just thought it would be funny to, to share that. Yeah. It's, it's often where the gold is like, yeah. it, it's a, um, I'm sure there's some kind of other analogy that I can come up with, but it's like the, the deeper you dig, the, the better the stuff gets. And, uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> I don't really read reviews on my own. I mean, I, I will, but mostly like looking for answering questions. Like a couple months ago, I was looking for a new TV you know what I mean? So I read some of the, the Q&A parts and a couple of the reviews, but not for, for the sake of the review, more to find out, you know, how many HDMI inputs there are, or are the speakers loud enough on their own, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, when you get to like weird shit like book reviews and um, there, there's a distinction to be made. You've got the people who you know put up a review just so it's funny, but then you have the people who are legitimately trying to review something. But they're just, I don't want to say they're terrible at it, but usually I'd say they're terrible at it, and those are typically the best ones. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know what brought me there, but yeah, those funny, those, the weird reviews. And it's like weird reviews of mundane things. Like, it, it was like a, a, like a, like a crazy review of, or like a regular review of something crazy. I don't think it would be as entertaining. Like, if, like our review, I'll go. You know what? Now that I think about it, our review of um, Zoo by Patterson was a pretty crazy review of something awful, or a pretty normal review of something awful, and it and it got a lot of attention. So I could be wrong about that. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Patterson, um, he's got a new book coming out in just a couple of weeks here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is um, Scott Free, James Patterson with Rob Hart, who is a. Uh, it's a longtime friend of, of, of Booked. Um, yeah. excited about that as far as, uh, you know, we'll, we'll read another. We'll read another book with Patterson on the <laughs> title. Likely, I'm going to say it, likely the last one ever, right? But I think we're both on board wow, with reading yeah. some more Rob Hart. Um, maybe we'll see about talking to Rob Hart about the experience and finding out if there's some kind of gag order on him talking about uh, how this process works with, uh, with James Patterson. I hope there's not because I'm fascinated at the, at the concept and we've talked about it ad nauseum not not so much lately but i mean a couple of years ago we, I mean, we had patterson watch that would run every time some pet james patterson co-authored book would come out so we we've let up a little bit on uh, on good old jimmy but uh we'll see 
Scott Free. Can I can I give the synopsis for Scott Free? Yeah, I was hoping you had that up because I know of it, but I don't know anything about it. It's kind of a clever title. We know you did it, and you won't get away with it. Accused of murdering five small children, Thomas Scott is released on bail. Do you see the cleverness in the title now? Scott Free. Here we go. He faces devastated parents plotting revenge and a fiery detective taking the law into his own hands. But did he do it? The truth will blow you away. I did some emphasis on it. It just says the truth will blow you away. The rest of that was me. It's 130 pages. It is part of uh, James Patterson's Book Shots program. Um, uh, and it is sold by the Hachete Book Group, who we haven't talked about in forever either. Man, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we really fell out of love with James Patterson. Yeah, we really did. Can I tell you right Were we now, ever in love with him? I mean, like we talked well, about him a yeah, lot, but it was sure. like... I don't think it was in a loving way. All I want to say is... Are you ready for this, Rob? <laughs> uh, September 16th, as of 8.37 p.m. Central Standard Time. Rob Hart is the author of the number eleven overall book on Amazon. Good for him, dude. Like, and that's oh, the thing. Oh, hold on, hold on. No, no, hold on. Uh oh, that's not true. That's not true at all. We may have to edit this out. This just in. This Key. just in. That is um. Key that is James Patterson's overall author rank. Uh, uh, like we've known about this book for years, right? Uh, I, I, a I year. Think... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's multiple years, but sure, maybe. Uh, hmm. Really? Because it, it was either we talked to him in person and he told us about it. It was either when we were in Minneapolis or Los Angeles, right? Or I just... wasn't in Los Angeles uh. with Rob Hart, so it would have been uh, would have been Boston, Minneapolis. It would have been Minneapolis, which was Minneapolis. three years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a while. We've known about it for a while, and um, obviously, super happy for Rob because um, it's going to do two things. It's going it, to it. I'm assuming got him a decent paycheck for for books and for writing for being an author and it's going to get him ranking in amazon so it's going to get his name in front of more people maybe they search for his other books maybe he picks up a little extra like sales for his other books i hope they do because something i noticed um as as you were saying that i uh i thought oh you know it'd be fun to click and see like where his rank is with his last book now and you know where it is later he's not actually linked to the book the book, the hyperlink for the oh, author is yeah. just for James Patterson, and his his name is on the on the cover, but there is no no actual. <sighs> I mean, that has to be Hachete, right? I mean, that's that's their poor decision to to not yeah, I don't know. do that the right way. You know what I mean? I don't think it's yeah. an Amazon thing. I mean, somebody uploads it and you can list as many people as you want. I know that sometimes authors can tag themselves on books, though think or maybe that's good reads i don't know i don't know any rate definitely something we'll be looking at in the first part of october i get the feeling there's probably no uh, review copies of this because there are no um there are no reviews currently and it's only two and a half weeks out um but you know i'll drop the four bucks and uh and order a copy that's and, right uh, yeah and we'll we'll review it here so yeah that's uh that's all I've got. i will tell you <laughs> back to amazon reviews for a minute though um <laughs> did you did you hear about this latest debacle? And and I'm not trying to get into politics. I'm I'm really I mean like, not not just as not a candidate because I'm not trying to be a candidate in politics and get into it that way. But this uh, this thing with the Hillary Clinton book, where Amazon admittedly has taken down one star reviews. Um, that's something that's happening. No, I hadn't heard anything yeah, about that. So 
Hillary Rodham Clinton's book, What Happened? An Explanation of How She she Lost the Election in 2016, as if anybody really needed an explanation, um, has had numerous one-star reviews taken taken down. <clears throat> I don't have the story in front of me because I wasn't really thinking about talking about Amazon reviews. That was something that you kind of brought up out of the blue, but... Um, if you go on there right now, there are one star reviews and a lot of them say, I'm going to keep posting this until they stop taking it down. And the odd thing is they're all verified purchases. So I could see if there are just a ton of one star reviews coming in saying Hillary Clinton sucks and they weren't verified purchases. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, I put a review on the site yesterday. It was a negative review, not nasty, but negative. And I bought the book from Amazon. It was deleted. This is a very poorly written book and nothing but a Trump bashing. She lost blah, blah, blah. So this person goes on. But they are a verified purchase, which would entitle them to, to leaving a review, even if it's negative, as long as it's not defamatory, right? Like, I think Amazon can take, so, down, can take down a review if you're just saying, you know, David James Keaton is an asshole as your review. I think they could take that down. But it, it sounds like they took down potentially hundreds of, uh, of reviews. So, um, I guess I have a couple questions about this. How uh, is this? There are people who are saying, hey, they took down my one-star review. Uh, yes, but okay. I'm going to try to find, like I said, I, w- I would have been more prepared. I just I wasn't prepared to talk about Hillary Clinton's book at all. Um, I'm going to try to look this up because I did see an article where Amazon had admitted to taking down reviews. Because my immediate thought is, A, like if it's like, racist or threatening or you know breaks the terms of service or whatever obviously they they're within their right to take something down um b uh they could legitimately be taking down you know uh reviews that they shouldn't uh or c people could just be saying that they're taking down reviews that never actually happened um yes so while i'm while i'm looking uh yes that is possibly true that being said, I mean, the, the the thing that gets me is that they're they're um, verified purchases. So someone spent seventeen ninety nine or whatever on this book to say that their one star review got taken down, so they could put another one star review up. It seems a little bit. I could see if there was a coalition of anti Hillary Clinton people just leaving shitty reviews. Because I mean, I, look at look at us, and and we leave very few Amazon reviews, right? But we're never a verified purchase because most of the books we get are sent to us by the authors ahead of their release or they're sent to us from publishers or, or whatnot. So we, we're not buying them from Amazon 60-70% of the time. But, you know, these are all verified purchase people that are leaving them. That's the part that concerns so me. every comment that was taken down is a verified purchase is what you're saying? I do not know. I know that the people who are saying theirs were taken <laughs> down, as I was looking at them, are all verified purchases because there are negative Wait, but reviews how up. are they? But if they're verified, pur- if you can see they're verified purchases, they haven't been taken down. Right. You know I'm, I'm going saying? based on the fact that there was a lot of, and this is legit news, that there were, you know, uh, multiple news outlets that, that Amazon was taking down reviews. Now I'm looking at ones like this one from Alani. <laughs> Is a verified purchase like so many others my previous review has been taken down because it was critical of clinton's book in my previous review i referenced her book hard choices believe it or not i actually like this book but before amazon took down my previous down they used the line blah 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 you know what i'm saying so there are people with verified reviews claiming that their reviews were taken down they could all be lying 
It just seems like a lot of verified purchases to be lying about their one-star reviews being taken down as they put them back up. Yeah, I, it just seems a little muddy to me. Like, um, like I said, you could be absolutely right, but like when you say a lot of verified purchases, how is there any way to know? And you know what I'm saying? So this is what um, I'm trying to see who said this. So for an, an Amazon spoke spokesperson told Fortune magazine. So Fortune magazine is a reputable source, right? In the case of a memoir, the subject of the book is the author and their views. It's not our role to decide what a customer would view as helpful or unhelpful in making their decision. We do, however, have mechanisms in place to ensure that the voices of many do not drown out the voices of a few and we remove customer reviews that violate our community guidelines. Now, I get that last part. The rest of that seems a little little muddy, though, right? In the case of a memoir, the subject of the book is the author and their views. It's not our role to decide what a customer would view as helpful or unhelpful in making their decision. We do, however, have mechanisms in place to ensure that the voices of many do not drown out the voices of a few. Okay. I, I don't, that's all real weird worded stuff there. I don't know. So anyway, for what it's worth, Amazon may or may not be taking down reviews um, based on I don't know what exactly. <laughs> this is riveting stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it is when you really think about it. I mean, what are we saying? I, I know that there are websites. Look, I, as listeners know from your never-ending ridicule of me, I vape, right? And I know that there are a number of sites where people have said that negative reviews they leave for products from that site get deleted. And I understand that. It's some guy sitting around selling whatever. And I'm not saying it's right, but I, I, you know, I tend to believe that, yeah, that guy might delete one-star reviews of the product he's selling so that he can continue to sell product. Amazon, though, if they're doing that for, for whatever reason, other than, um, you know, violation of company guidelines because of language or uh, defamation of character, or, you know, they feel like there are a ton of unverified purchases posting reviews, I get it, but it's an awful lot of people claiming that their review is deleted. All right. I mean, I get you. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you if, if Amazon is actually doing something, um, you know, shady. 100%. 100% with you. If the, it, But I don't know if, like, the evidence that's presented is super compelling is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't know how you would. Yeah, I guess. That's I guess. The, and I think yeah. that's the thrust of my argument is, like, how do you prove it? And then, like... Uh, and is this something that happens all the time, but it's only important because it's Hillary Clinton's book? Like, if it was your buddy Milo's book, would, 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 you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Would it even here make the light of day? Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, yeah. That's, that's a good question, though. <laughs> How often that happens? I don't know. But again, you go back to, you know, you could do some research and read articles that claim, but yeah, yeah having evidence is, is going to be tough. One that I actually read was really interesting because it said, they sent me the goddamn email asking me what I thought of it. I left a review and then they deleted it, which is kind of funny because I get really funny. <laughs> I get the weirdest. Um, I get emails. I order just a ton of shit from Amazon. I mean, Amazon's at my house like two, three times a week, and I will get follow up emails for almost all those products. Like, I'll order like a fucking shitty cheap, like $3 USB cable, and I'll get a request to review the shitty $3 cheap USB cable. And it's funny, the. Um, 
the power of suggestion because you go look at some of these items you're like who the fuck takes all that time to review this really super mundane item but i think because a request comes in the form of an email and they make it pretty easy you can basically essentially do it right in the email yep that that triggers something in someone's head where they go oh, i'll take a minute and go ahead and do this because they asked me to so yeah leave us a review yeah. on itunes yeah it's super easy <laughs> i don't even know how to do it but I'm sure, yeah. Do it. If it's a one-star review, though, we're probably going to have it We're going to delete it, yeah. I mean, why, um, why, why wouldn't we? I know we? people in high places with iTunes, so I could do that. Rob, now that I, we're now we're back on the air, you want to give uh, the listeners a quick summation of, of your last uh, crazy couple of weeks? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, been... Just oh, the safe-for-work stuff, of course. The safe-for-work. I was going to say, there's been some rendezvous. Um, I don't even know what that means. Uh, so, uh, since our last episode, I don't remember, what was our last episode about? Was it a straight up, just normal interlude? I don't know. I think it's the one where we talked about that weird oh, dating app. We were talking Robbed. about dating, yeah. Robbed, or whatever that dating app was called <laughs> that you were using. Bumbled. Bumbled. Um, I've actually had people talk to me at work after uh, after this, after that episode. Like, people have talked to me about that topic. It's really strange. Um, so I finish up working in California, uh, the end of August and, uh, did a weekend in Portland and Washington state. And that was really cool. So I hung out with some friends in Portland and then I drove up to the location of, um, where some of the, a lot of the original twin peaks was filmed and actually a lot of the, the new season of twin peaks was filmed too, and got a bunch of cool pictures, visited like the falls, the waterfall, visited um the double r diner and stuff like that and that was a lot of fun um and i came back to illinois man while you were in portland did you see brayton cameron formerly of the booked podcast yeah yeah i met up with him for um some drinks and food Excellent. and um hung out got to meet his girlfriend and just uh we went to some of the places he likes to to, to hang out to frequent that's what happened. He was all with us before he had a girlfriend, and now, you know. Yeah. He'll no drop everything for a lady, apparently. Yeah. No more skip papers, yeah. Lee. No more skip papers. It's been so long. He actually, like, and, like, the last time he sent us something, it was, like, without saying it, it was, like, I'm retiring this character is kind of what I got out of that. So, uh, yeah. Got to see Brady. really He's unfortunate because he was my favorite person on this podcast. I mean, including me and you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and here's the, so I was talking to him about, um, because he does his own podcasts Mm -hmm. or has done his own podcast. So he did, um, one called the pitch, which was him and his uh, friend, Gary Butterfield, like elevator pitching inventions to each other that are just outrageous. And it was really funny. Um, and that ended and then it came back and then it ended again. And he's been doing teenage dirtbags, which, um, is where him and Gary Butterfield watch a music video and talk about it and make fun of it. And I've, I've been enjoying that, but it's been coming less and less frequently. And so I was like, hey, man, what's going on with Teenage Dirtbags? Are we going to get more more often or what's going on? And he he didn't specifically say it, but I got the impression that um, they're going to stop doing that eventually. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Anytime a po- I'm not going to. Yeah. I was going to say anytime a podcast goes under. I'm sorry. I'm not always sorry to hear that. I am sorry to hear that <laughs> in the case of Brayton and his uh, his works, though. I always like yeah. Brayton. Then selfishly for a moment, I was like, well, maybe we'll get Skip Papersley back because he'll be feeling like the podcast bug or something. 
Right, and that would be that would be uh, that would be okay. But you came back to Illinois, and then you left again. I did. So I was like, I need to see another waterfall. Got don't on go, the horn. Don't go chase some waterfalls. I know. Buddy. <laughs> I know. I should have stuck to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. Um, but I, uh, me and uh, friends of the podcast, Misty and uh, Jesse, uh, had planned to go up and uh, spend some time up in Minneapolis, where Jesse lives, and. Uh, Spent about a week up there. I drove up there with a car full of beer, and um, we got a we had like an Airbnb, and we were just hanging out. And then we went out, actually into nature. Like you'd be super proud of me. We went to a park, and I was walking on like paths and stuff, and there was a waterfall. It's like physical activity. Do you frequently have to ask them what's that? And they're like, it's a path in the park, and you're like, what's that? They're like a bush. <laughs> what do you do with that thing? There's stairs. You walk up them. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, well, that's cool. I'm. Uh, do you have the? This is the traveling bug out of your system for for the time being. I'm so tired of traveling. I was thinking about this the other day. It was like, um, and I think I don't know if we did this math before, but I've spent more time in. Yeah, I, in, I can't remember if it mm-hmm. was this podcast or another one, but mm-hmm. more time outside of Illinois, my home state, than in Illinois this year. And uh, I'm done, man. I'm gonna try and make it to 2018 without leaving Illinois. Unless it's just to like dip over into Indiana, where my buddy John lives. Well, uh, best of luck to you. I uh, I will be leaving the state um, towards the end of October, but not before. And just because you mentioned them, I just want to remind listeners that one of our favorite and and listener favorite, to be quite honest, shows every year is the Halloween Extravaganza Spectacular. Oh yeah. Um, which really is the Spooktacular, right? Is that what we kind of settled on? I don't even know if we have a Spooktacular. Yep, absolutely. Um, is happening this year, but we are in talks to do it kind of a different way. It's going to be a booked live video setup, um, which we should probably start working on. But I was thinking, because you said you were with those folks, yeah. it's probably time to get the gears up, because that thing's going to be going up in about a month. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun. Well, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if it's actually going to be a booked live or if it's just going to be like a recorded video thing, but it's going to be a video thing because we're all bringing costumes, and I'm very excited about that mm-hmm. as I've already started working on my costume idea. Oh, man. That's right. i got to figure out a costume. That's going to be the hardest part for me. Yeah. it's Well, that's why. I, you know, I don't know if you yeah. know this about me. I like to prepare kind of far in advance for things, so I've, I set a reminder for myself, and it went off earlier this week, and it was the uh, start putting together ideas for uh, for what you're going to do, so... Got a month and a month and a week, roughly, because that's going to have to go up uh, in advance of Halloween, as I won't be here um, the week of Halloween. I will be in beautiful New Orleans, as I try to be most years. So you're bringing back your... I know it's been it's been on and off lately, but you've had the New Orleans tradition for Halloween. Like, every year, that's where you would go, right? Um, yeah, I think this will be our 12th trip to New Orleans. Wow. I, don't, I don't even know how to go back and figure it out, but yeah, we try to get down there once a year um last year we actually did it twice it was january um and then um october again for halloween so this year uh we were talking about going but then we you know opted to go to california instead so uh yep so. to see a haunted boat to see a haunted boat uh yeah. and to uh an interview f paul wilson highlight of uh highlight of my uh <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking Dual about that. highlight of my trip. Because, like, you know, I think about it and I think, well, we went to StokerCon, so that was the highlight of my trip. The highlight of my trip was meeting Greg Clevenger. The highlight of yeah. StokerCon was F. Paul Wilson. So yep. I put those two at tide for highlights of, uh, of 2017, if not of doing this podcast. 
Um, and I want to say that uh, since I was hanging out with with Jesse and Misty, which people will remember from what holiday did they do, did the Easter episode with us? Fourth of July. Oh, Fourth of July. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, we got stood up for the Easter episode, but those were only for Patreon contributors, so not yeah. nearly the reach of our audience got to hear that. Um. Yeah, so 4th of July episode, which I, I loved. Um, and I was talking to them, and since they were both in, in California for Stoker as well, we were we were talking about how just um, awesome it was to see you excited about something at all. And um, it happened two specifically separate times when we were at Stoker, and it was the F. Paul Wilson thing and then the Clevenger thing. So... It was great to see you animated and excited and you get a little bit teenage girly when you're, you know, when something exciting or something that you've been waiting for to happen is happening in your life. And so it's just like, it's really rewarding to like sit back and watch it happen. I'm glad that I could uh, be a source of amusement for you three characters. That's all you are. (laughs) I don't, I don't get excited about a lot of things. I mean, you know, I say that I'm excited about stuff, but really what I mean is I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But yeah, there are there are times where genuine excitement creeps in. So yeah. What else we got, Rob? I get the feeling this could be a short one, as we're we're out of shit to talk about. We covered all the big stuff through uh, the rest of the lazy summer of podcasting. Uh, one thing I'd like to say is um, acknowledging, since we're going kind of back into the book, um, the world of books, and talking talking about books and actually reading them, is that um, there is a little there's something that I'm excited about that was announced in between our last episode and now and that would be frank frank bill's new book we didn't get to talk about that yet right not um the savage if i remember correctly right yeah i'm looking it up right now um it's uh he's on the same publisher and he dropped a cover reveal maybe a week week and a half ago um yeah the savage which is um it's coming out in november so Really looking forward to. I'm assuming we're gonna read that because I've been waiting for it for like probably two, two and a half years now. Um, but we did get tagged in an event poster for a reading and signing Saturday, November 18th in Corden, Indiana, at our favorite Corden, Indiana eatery, Beef O'Brady's. <laughs> um, and so I'm wondering. We we haven't decided yet, but I. I'm going to to request the time off just in case it does come about, but I would I'd like to make the trip down there. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say about that is a that would violate your leaving Illinois. Um, B, oh, yeah. um, the the biggest issue I see with that is that uh, that goes into one of the busiest weeks of the year for me. Oh yeah, because that is the week of Black Friday. Just FYI, I know that you is it have a new position of work. Yeah, that's the Sunday before or the Saturday before. Hmm. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that could that. be potentially be a little bit of a of a, a an issue, but I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I don't think so. But let's leave gotcha. that open to uh, to see what's going on. Uh, hmm. Definitely reviewing it. It's on my list um, of books that we're probably going to review, um, and I'm looking forward to it. Frank <laughs> Bill has yet to steer us wrong, so I think this book I think this book takes place in. The Savage Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't actually read the synopsis, but I think that's... Wow. It's more of an inside joke. <laughs> so, listeners who don't understand what I'm talking about, that's okay. There's like 
Yeah, any there's like a dozen people who, if they were listening to this, would understand that, I, and okay almost all that. of them would laugh. Yep, I'm okay with that. Can we talk about what we are reading next week? Yeah, definitely. This one, uh, this one slid past us because it came out in Lazy Summer Podcasting, so it's a little bit older than what we're typically doing. This came out actually on the fourth of July. Um, it is Made for Love, a novel by Alyssa Nutting. Now, Rob, do you know what Alyssa Nutting is best known for? Being your second favorite short story ever? Being my first favorite short story ever. Oh, sorry. First uh, was, favorite short story ever. I was thinking about Tampa, which was a controversial yes. book that came out a couple of years ago. We did not review it on the podcast. I believe I talked about it because I read it kind of on my own. That came out back in 2014. And uh, uh, the controversy surrounding that one was that it was about a 26-year-old middle school teacher who recounts her, I'm sorry, I'm on the page, so if I sound like I'm reading, it's because I'm reading out, unrepentantly recounts her elaborate and sociopathically determined seduction of a 14-year-old student. Um, so that made a little bit of a splash then, but she is also the author of Potential Force, which is a short story that came out in 2013, and uh, the very short synopsis for that is The American Author's Tale of Self-Harm, Pissing Yourself, and Attempting to Master Witchcraft. Um, it's still available at dazeddigital.com. It exists in my bookmarks and will probably be there forever because I do go back and actually reread it um, from time to time. So the book we are going to read takes a different approach in, in uh, to either one of those. I'm not going to go through the whole synopsis, but it's, uh, it's a riotously funny story of how far some will go for love and how far some will go to escape it. And it's poignant as well poignant it's poignant that's gonna be nice because i get to measure myself against like how far these people are going for and to escape love yeah you you have it you have experience on both sides of that <laughs> I've, so <laughs> i've experienced those extremes lately and, i uh, uh i don't believe there were, i don't believe there are any one star reviews taken down for this book um <laughs> but i will say uh man all right i just looked at some of the one star reviews We'll talk about these on the next episode. <laughs> so. Yeah, we don't want to. I don't want. We don't want to spoil for the listeners, but also, I'm assuming not for ourselves. Correct. Correct. So that's yeah. uh, that's it. That's really all I've got, man. I mean, I'm 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 tired of not talking about books or about books we read at least. Okay. Oh, I, I have something that tangentially related. So, um, uh, <laughs> uh, I was in California for four months, and so, um. Uh, like I had to kind of shift my life out to there. And one of the things that I did was I, at the post office, I, you know, did a change of address for four months. Like I didn't know it, but you could actually do it for like start on this day and end on this day. And so all my mail was going out to California, but you can't do a change of address for like UPS and FedEx. It's not something that exists that I'm aware of. Right. And so while I was in California, books kept arriving at my apartment <laughs> and um i i didn't i didn't exactly tell the people uh that i was living next to like my neighbors in the in the building that i was going to be gone for four months and so they had to kind of figure it out themselves and i told my landlord obviously and everything like that but i didn't tell the people that live adjacent to me and so i get back and it's i've been back a couple of days and i bump into the guy who has the apartment to to the left of me and um and he's like, oh, hey, I have all your packages. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, oh, packages? What are you talking about? 
And it turns out that every time a book got delivered to my apartment, he would take it into his apartment, and he had a stack of, like, probably 15 or 20 books that had just been getting delivered to me while I was gone. And so um, I had to break open all those and stack them up. There's a big stack on the table. Right, I'm pointing. I don't know why I'm pointing to my front door. Nobody can <laughs> see this, but... There's a big stack of, of, um, of any, books. Anything good in that pile? Because no, sometimes the... we get the same books, but in some cases you're the only recipient. Yeah, um, I'm noticing, and, and I'm tempted to call this person or try to reach out to them somehow to like try and correct this. Are you getting Christian fiction? <laughs> I, no, I'm not. I, I am. Oh, well, there you go. And I mean, if you want to talk about the biggest miss ever, like... I've never been religious, but anyway. Um, uh, well, no, yeah, so. Okay, so so are we saying Christian fiction in, like, stories of the Bible? Or is it like a pastor tries to make a way for his congregation through the trials and turbulations of, you know, whatever, downtown Detroit? That, well, it could be that. Or from what I understand, it could be just, like, any given story ever, but written in a way that's suitable to the life and beliefs of a, of a, of a true Okay. Like, died in the wool Christian, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, so there's no murder or, you know, things like that, unless, like, they're the victim of a crime, like that type of thing. Oh, interesting. So, I actually know someone through work who reads that kind of stuff, so I might just be like, here, take this garbage that I'm never going to (laughs) read. So, but yeah, that was kind of an unexpected thing was just, I came home to just like a pile of, made me feel kind of cool that there was just a pile of packages of books sure. waiting for me. Um, now we just have to work on them being books that I would actually care to read. I know that's, I was kind of the same way, you know, like the first time a book showed up that wasn't like someone we know that like reached out and asked for my address and said, Hey, I want to send you a copy yeah. of this. You know, the, the first like big five publisher book to show up was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And now I open them up and I immediately just give them away to somebody. Because I go, what? what yep. the, they send, we've talked about it on the podcast, but I'm like, man, I don't get it. You know, you, you probably have a list of what you've sent me. And if you haven't sent me the first two books that are, um, uh, you know, sea monkeys in outer space, you know, the, the, you know, you're sending me part three of books that I didn't get part one or two of. So what makes you think I would crack this bad boy open and, and try to review it? So. Well... Did you get let's let's do a little uh for the listeners cuz they don't they don't they don't see the books that get delivered mm-hmm. to us. Did you get The Witch's Kiss? Uh I believe so. I, I literally have like, given them all away at this point, so I'd have to go the based week on or just so. memory. So I got The Witch's Kiss like a week or so ago. This is from Harper Collins and um this is the little promo sheet that comes with it. Um, Electrifying Dark Magic debuts by authors and sisters Catherine and Elizabeth Core, the first in a new young adult fantasy trilogy. So, I mean, if you want to talk about just, like, bullseye right there, young adult fantasy is one of the things that we do all the time. (sighs) Yeah, I know. I know. (sighs) A male sleeping beauty, an Anglo-Saxon curse, and an oath handed down from generation to generation to an unsuspecting and unprepared 21st century teenager. 16-year-old Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, is fed up with her feuding family, not to mention her emerging witch powers that she's struggling to control and doing her best to deny. Then, here's where it gets all twilight, sweet, sensitive Jack comes into her life, and she can't help falling under his spell. It's, I think that's like a 
Mm-hmm. Like a euphemism? Yeah, yeah. The only problem, he's possessed by a destructive, centuries-old curse that Mary's meant to overthrow. She has lost her heart. Will she also lose her life? Or if, in true fairy tale tradition, can she can true love's kiss save the day? Yeah. Listen, we've read worse. Like, scientists discovers that animals are trying to kill people. <laughs> Does that one sound familiar yeah. at all? Yeah. Or, yeah, Zoo. Patterson. Or, um, oh, god damn, what was the guy, the World War Z guy, about the bionic, people with bionic body parts or, or whatever, that we read, oh. like, two, uh, yeah. Robopocalypse? Yes. Yeah. Here's, yeah. all right, so here's the thing. If a listener just listened to me read that, and uh, thinks it's something that they would like, I would be happy to send this book to you. And the good news is, if you read it, and, and or if you read it, because it's coming out uh, September 19th, if you read it after I send it to you and you like it, the next one's coming out January 30th, and I guarantee they're going to send it to me. So I'll just be your hookup for this series. There you go. So listeners, take Rob up on that. Hit him up on uh, on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. I just it was, man. Just my excitement level was so high. And by the time I got like the 10th book, I was like, they're never ever going to send me anything I even no. want to look at. Did you get a really pretty coffee table book that was something along the lines of like the guide to being a princess or something? <clears throat> it was like a super large, it was like, no. big, like, like bigger than a hardcover. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was like, I don't know, 10 by 14. It's like coffee table size, but you know, like the book, and it was lots of pictures and some short stories or something. But it was, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't figure out what no. demographic that was aimed at. But it wasn't no. at, at us. Is that is that why you're acting more like a princess lately? A little bit. That could be. Yeah. That could be why it was five good. stars for that book. Five stars. Five stars. Good. Um. So, so yeah, I think that we now have to like. Uh, I think that we're on their radar. We just have to have to help to have them kind of like you know zoom in on the radar and like really know what's what's gonna i don't know i lost the analogy but you know what i'm trying to say we, we need have, to focus them into what's going to be the best for us also we have offered to sell out for a great deal of money we'll review whatever you want if you pay us enough so harper yeah. collins machete yeah. if you're listening hit us up hit rob <laughs> up on facebook hit me up everybody just hit me up if you have an offer <laughs> all right so one thing i was thinking about because we know that i went out to um California for the summer. I say it all the time. Um, but the reason I went out there was, um, to work for my company, uh, in, in a, in a different role where I was creating online training. And so I was actually like basically being paid to write all summer long. Okay. And a thought occurred to me, and I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but it was something I was thinking was like tangentially related to what we're talking about. I was getting paid as a writer all summer long. You're a professional writer now. I'm a professional writer. And I realized that I probably made more this summer being paid to be a writer than a lot of the people that we know <laughs> who, are, who are writing and publishing books. And so that was a really, like, it was an epiphany kind of, like, amazing and sad realization at the same time because I... <laughs> I made more of a living doing that for four months than, I mean, I have to imagine that there's authors who for years have been writing books and I, I probably overshadowed their, their, their actual earnings. 
Wow, Rob. Um, way to be a dick. We just lost all our writer listeners. Like, <laughs> fuck that guy. No, I'm not. It's not a bragging thing. It's like, <laughs> I know. it's a perspective thing. Like, it took me trying to, like, it took me realizing I was getting paid to write to even think about that comparison. And obviously, it's more something that makes me sad than anything, but that's the reality. There are, um, and maybe not necessarily in our circle, although I feel like we've talked to somebody too who, um, who does very much kind of what you were doing. They write technical stuff for companies. Yeah. But I do know that there are some people that um, made their made their living that way. I'm trying to think of... Uh, oh, the guy who wrote the original... Um, is it the Jason Bourne books? No. Mm. Um, I can't think of what his name is. He was a writer for them. He wrote military training manuals. That was his gig. And then he started mm. writing okay. millenar- m- millinary, military... <laughs> action books that's not a real word and that's how he made his 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 millions um and i remember so he supported not being his, his like writing uh, he he his technical writing supported his ability to write the stuff that he eventually got famous for that's yeah. what you're saying and uh it, tom clancy is the, is the writer that i was thinking of yeah and i tried reading i read one of his books and i tried reading a second one and i pinpointed what i hated about him and then when i found out that he actually wrote military manuals for a living it wasn't surprising because it would be like, you know, this former Green Beret, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, well, this is, you know, he's getting on this plane to go to this other country. And then like a four page description of this plane, like wingspan yeah. and how many, you know, tons. I mean, just super, super technical to the um, to the point of what did we review where we were saying that was an issue? Um uh, Anne Rice with her descriptions of furniture and shit, or are <laughs> no. we talking about Dan Brown being Dan good Brown, at Dan Brown history the, but terrible at action? Right, the art history, yeah, where, where you were like it was so incredibly detailed and, and kind of took you out of the story a little bit because we get it, it's a pretty church. That was kind of the same thing for me with Tom Clancy. Like I don't need to know all that shit. Yeah. The guy's got a machine gun. I know everything I need to know right now about that machine gun. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. That's, um, so I'm not going to say what you were writing, thing. but I now picture that your first novel is going to be a lot of, a lot of, no, you can't touch her butt. <laughs> well, it, only if it's unwelcome. You have to say that it's unwelcome. That's the trick. Right. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah. There's going to be some interesting passages in your first novel now that you're a professional writer. Yeah. So. And I'm, I might have to, I've, I might have found my perfect co-author in, a, in an unlikely celebrity, and that's something I can't talk about. Huh. Very good. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Vague yep. casting, but yeah, I, I know Vague exactly casting. what you're talking about. All right. Um, I think we've dragged this shit out yeah. long enough, right? I think it was amazing. I could. I, I think it was a great time. It was a nice <laughs> return. Um, I do want to formally apologize. So, like, there was some te- technical difficulties in California. Uh, we were supposed to record one more episode before I left to go to Portland, and that's this episode. And the reason that it's been delayed two weeks now or whatever it is is because um the day that we were going to record um i was i was at my computer doing something and something acted weird and it was right before we were going to record so i wanted to make sure everything was good i restart my computer and it restarts to like a blank screen so um i couldn't in the time span between then and when i left do anything about the computer then so i shipped it home not working and when i got it home 
got it back running, um, but then had to go to Minnesota. So apologies for the delay in the episode. It was something that was definitely based on unforeseen circumstances. But we should be back in business now and back in business reviewing a goddamn book. Yeah, I think we're going to be doing uh, probably three in a row this time. So uh, get your uh, get your reviewing uh, ears on or whatever, because uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to be back in full force starting next week. Alyssa Nutting, Made for Love, a novel. Uh, until then, I'm Livia Snedden. Now I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.